Yes, folks, it's Thursday, 2 p.m. I'm Fred McMurray, which means this has to be, assuming I grabbed the right mouse. And we're back with Elizabeth and Kristen and the word on the street. Ladies, before I disappear, tell me what's the word on the street. The word on the street is that yesterday was someone's birthday. Indeed. Yeah, thanks for covering me because I said all that and my mic was on mute again. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she looked a little like, quiet, so I figured I would get the ball rolling. Yeah, yeah you know. Miller had a birthday yesterday. Yay! It seems like the older Yay. just keeps getting older, Ray. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those things you, you just try to ignore, but everybody won't let you. Well, it was all over Facebook, and your lovely wife posted all kinds of great pictures of you doing all kinds of fun things. Well, that's what it's all about, especially when you get to where I'm at. <laughs> Happy birthday, Ray. Oh, thank you. Would you like Absolutely. to do our Happy very birthday. poor rendition of Happy Birthday again? Oh, that's Shall pretty we? much a given this week, given what the infliction yeah. upon me it was last week. So I think that's <laughs> you guys set you guys set precedent. So every one of you is going to get the horrible rendition of Happy Birthday from now on. Oh, oh great. No. Okay, so shall we do it on three and Good a work. one and a two? And a three. Happy birthday to you. 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 Happy birthday why, Why do you think any of us be hired for singing? But that's okay. That's not my gig anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I can tell you for a fact that uh, doing this on Facebook really sucks because of the simple reason nothing synchronizes. <laughs> and it's not, it has nothing to do with, with the talent here. I mean, you, I'm sure you can all sing gorgeously, but uh, trying to sing. Ah, ha, 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 ha. You'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. <laughs> Yes, good time. Good time. All right, so we'll yeah. be back with Ray, but later in a bit. But let us go back to 
our two lovely co-hosts, and word on the street. So tell us, what's the word on the street today? Well, Elizabeth, what do you got to tell me? Well, um, we have some very exciting people in our um, upcoming magazine that's coming out in October that we have confirmed as contributors and as um, people who we are going to interview. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be very exciting. What uh, what uh, big news do you have? Well, you know, I always seem to get the news that I want to share, but I'm not privy to share yet. So I can mm-hmm. say that there's some really great things coming to the Pillars um, Enterprise. Should I call it that? No, I think you should call it the Pillars Enterprise. And there goes my dog because he thinks he has to tell me everything that's happening again in the house. Um, and I did want to also give a shout out. We've got one of our uh, really dedicated listeners today. We I always refer to him as Dale on Dewey. He is coming out of surgery right now as we speak, but I've heard everything has gone well. So when he listens to the replay of this, once he's out of surgery, he'll know that we gave him a shout out to get better as soon as he can. And I believe unless I get a text in my text box, I've given you about as much information as I can right now, but just except for to tell you that the Pillars organization is growing by leaps and bounds. And we have all kinds of exciting um, services and things that we can offer here in the very near future. So please stay tuned if you're looking to buy a franchise, if you own a franchise, or if you're just kind of interested in the whole franchise scene, uh, we'll have information that will satisfy all of your tastes. Uh, not well, only and today, to that but point, yeah, yeah, to that point, Kristen, we've launched a LinkedIn page. Oh, yay. So everybody go like our, our LinkedIn page. And... We are going to start doing some events coming up in the next few weeks. So start paying attention to Facebook and LinkedIn events and um, log on and register as soon as you see them. Yeah, absolutely. Don't forget to share those as well. And um, don't forget to check out our, our Pillars of Franchising page as well for all kinds of new and upcoming um, announcements that you will soon see in the next couple of weeks. So very good. I think we're going to get started now. Fred, do we have to go through weather again? We skipped it last week. I don't know if you noticed that. So um, we can probably do it really quickly because I know if I don't, then I'll get like a thousand lashes. So Ray, since you're the birthday boy, would you like to go first? Well, it's uh, still hot. (laughs) Even though the temperature is down, it's very humid out here in Aurora, Illinois. Next. (laughs) Use weight. Time out, yeah. come out. One quick comment. You so confused me last week, I forgot about it last week. That's why. The, the singing just <laughs> threw me off completely. Well, I really wanted to see what our um, response was from our listeners and viewers. It's like they really needed to have the pillars of weather. And I didn't hear anything, so I'm not sure if that is a good thing or a bad thing. I will tell you, I got no death threats because we didn't do it. I did get some death threats for the um, music we played last week, and it wasn't our theme song. And obviously my answer this week was, let's do it again to piss those people off. Because if they're pissed off by listening, then they'll keep listening. So, yeah, insight into Fred's head. I must say that you're not quite um, a shock jock yet, so we'll have to temper that for you just a bit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank goodness I have another female partner to help do that with me. David, where are you these days? Oh, I'm in Cleveland, and it, today was a extremely hot and muggy day, upper 80s, and ridiculous, ridiculous humidity coupled with some storms rolling in and out. So one of those days. Awesome. You're getting what we had the last couple of days. 
I think so. All yeah. kinds of craziness going on. Jerry, where are you? It looks very wooded and beautiful there. Well, it is wooded and beautiful. I'm in uh, north central Arkansas, just south of Branson, Missouri. It is has been and is in the upper 90s, very Ooh. high humidity. Wow. It is smoking hot. So when I'm not in the air conditioning, right behind me, I jump in the lake and spend some time off the swim dock because it's way cooler there. Cool. So that means that if we tell you, hey, Jerry, go jump in the lake, yeah. you're just going to go do it. I'm on it. Awesome. You got to get some video of that. I want to see that. I want to see like a cannonball by Jerry in the lake. <laughs> that would be awesome. Elizabeth, what's going on in your hot haven part of the world? I know you're not on screen, but you can still give us a shout out and let us know. Yeah, I, we are unusually not as hot. Um, we're hovering around 80. Nice. Some rain. Yeah, it's a little bit better, but it will not last. Still yeah. hot and wet, <laughs> but not as hot and wet. I'm afraid that it might be making its way up through uh, Puerto Rico pretty soon. So um, maybe it is appropriately named Fred for a very good reason. Maybe this is really going to be a challenging one. We'll have to wait and see. So, so uh, I we're on tell the you. edge of the town that we may not get it good. good. I will tell you, my mother always said I was like a hurricane in a, in a room. So to me, mm-hmm. this is just finally, you know, proving it. Come, coming to fruition. Exactly. 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 Prophecy fulfilled. That's right. Awesome. Well, let's get our show started today because we've got actually a great topic. We're going to kind of have a, a panel of the pros, so to speak. A discussion amongst us, um, or I think that they call it. What do they call it on um, on Seinfeld? It's not uh, the Festivus for the rest of us. Kind of one of those um, meetings today where we talk about things that are on our minds and kind of the airing of the grievances, so to speak, in an odd way. Um, but we started talking this week on Tuesday um, about some of the headlines that have been out there, and um, we always seem to come up with this particular brand and it's no fault of our own quite frankly it just happens to keep popping up in the news but um, we started talking this week about um, subway and that kind of caused us to talk about all for one or one for all and by that we mean when you join a franchise brand is it one franchiser for all of the franchisees and their support or is it all the franchisees band together for the support of the franchisor and or for the brand. And what we discovered, obviously, we sort of knew already was that it should work both ways, right? And so everybody that's involved in the franchise system needs to be working to support, protect, support and protect that brand. Um, that is why somebody would buy a franchise. So, um, Ray, do you want to get us started when we talk a little bit about what happened with Subway at the Olympics um, with our soccer star? Um, and kind of the fallout that you're hearing in the news. And we'll go and kind of discuss that, what, what each of us kind of thinks about that topic in terms of what are the obligations of the franchisor, the franchisee, um, and kind of what happens in the public when things like this go on. Well, I, I think our conversation on Tuesday was interesting in that uh, we were wondering, at least I was wondering, uh, is this something that uh, Subway had planned on uh, the way it happened, and uh, if so, what was the reasoning 
And uh, I think we discussed that a little bit. Uh, we also, I, I brought up that sometimes any mention of your brand is good, even if it's negative, because then sure. there's going to be a lot of people that's going to hear about the brand. Uh, in, in some ways case, they may suffer a little bit for, for a little while or, or not. Who knows? Right. It, might, it might even boost them. I don't know. Uh, depending well, it, on, uh, on where their clients are and, uh, and what side of the aisle they may sit on. You sure. know, so it's, uh, it's an interesting topic, you know. Uh, could some way have done this? Uh, not, I shouldn't say done it, but knew that this was going to happen, or did they not? And if they, either way, you know, if they knew it was going to happen, what were their thoughts on it? If they were surprised by it, what were their thoughts on it? Right. And for those of you not aware of the subject that we're talking about, we're talking about the the sponsor for Subway uh, kneeling during the national anthem at the Olympics and um, this causing a bit of a, a concern, to put it mildly, for the franchisees that do not agree with that particular action being taken. Um, it's interesting because, well, I saw it. Again, I don't know why maybe it didn't hit me as strongly as it did some of, some of you, um, but I saw it. I went, okay, all right, well, that's you know, I'm getting so used to it, right? To me, and not that I agree with what or when they're doing it. I get the statement they're trying to make. I don't know that for me personally, it's appropriate when they're doing it, how they're doing it, whatever. Okay. But it didn't send up an alarm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Subway's doing that. That didn't happen for me. It was just like, okay, it's just like watching football. It's like watching hockey. It's like all the sports I watch when an athlete is using their platforms to make a statement. Um, but the bigger question is, you know, as franchisees, clearly, clearly the franchisor made their choice of a sponsor. And now the fallout, the impact, whether there is one or isn't, will come down on the franchisees who are out there selling sandwiches, right? So, David, you had a really interesting twist to this when we talked about it on Tuesday. Um, kind of your what you know about the athlete, um, kind of her just her history of things that she's done and things of that nature. What are what are your thoughts on the whole situation? Well, I, it doesn't matter what she's done or not. I, I just think any time you use a public figure to kind of represent your brand, <laughs> you, you're, you're at risk of that public public figure promoting and or potentially damaging a brand. Sure. I mean. You know, there's that. This isn't the only case where where a spokesperson has gone awry for a brand, and and it impacts everybody. And it's so different than you know. Again, every franchise is different. We talked about this a little bit too on Tuesday. Every franchise is different. So if you have a situation like Subway um, or many of these brands where they're kind of clustered in areas, so to speak. Mm -hmm they can be affected as much by a fellow franchisee and, and the way they're conducting their business as they could by a spokesperson. So, you know, when we're talking about this, I mean, we want to talk about the whole game and that's, that's specifically about this particular spokesperson, right. but, but I think any, any brand that hitches their wagon um, to a spokesperson, you know, you're, you, you got to weigh the pros and cons if, if that goes bad on you. And it could, I mean, right. there's, there's, you know, baseball players who, who were, you know, all of a sudden, you know, uh, abusing women. I mean, there's, there's athletes who use, who use steroids, and all of a sudden that damages your brain. I mean, there, there, it goes on and on, and you have to be really careful. 
Right, right. And it's not always athletes, right? I mean, let's no. take let's take Jared, right? He was the guy who made Subway famous for these low calorie sandwiches, a great weight loss plan, right? He was the hero. And then unfortunately, years down the road, he became the zero because of behavioral things that he involved himself in, which then luckily by that time, I don't know that, I mean, I guess people still made, you know, kind of the off the cuff jokes and things about him and Subway, but he had kind of gotten out of the spotlight of the Subway brand, but he was a really great spokesperson for the first several years that he went on this big weight loss journey. And that, that's the thing, right? Sometimes you don't know when you, when you talk about using a sponsor or a public figure or even one of your own, right? David, you brought up a really good example. You know, even, you know, Jerry, you've got a business that is, I'm sure, just ripe for the picking when it comes to customer reviews, right? So we, yeah, we, we get a lot of customer reviews. Fortunately, you know, 85, 90% of them are positive reviews. And frankly, a fair share of the ones that are negative reviews are more customer service related, where, yep. you know, it's a perception of a mom perhaps as to how a stylist spoke to her child or something like that, which is sure. still important, still critical. Uh, and answering those is as much political as anything else, just making sure you are recognizing uh, the issue and trying to, trying to explain what your perception of it is and that you'll continue to coach your stylist or staff uh, right. in how to handle that in the future. So, I mean, we, we all face that as franchisees, you know, uh, between Fred, between uh, Ray and David, they brought up some good points. In the world we live in today, for a group of uh, customers to be offended by something that a spokesperson does and choose to boycott, perhaps that business uh, is their right, and it's it's the way the world works. On the other side, there'll be a bunch of people who react the opposite way. And mm-hmm. leap into the fray and maybe buy twice as many sandwiches in this case or whatever. Exactly. And, and so we've got to be cognizant of it. We've got to, uh, in my opinion, we've got to work hard to politics and all that other stuff out of our business. But at the end of the day, we're all touched by what the others uh, and the franchisor do. So yeah. uh, good points. Yeah. And, I think we talked about that too. It's really different. And, and again, you know, we had a situation in our co-op where, um, there was a complaint and for whatever, however, it didn't get resolved between the business owner and the client. And so the client went to a newspaper. Well, then next thing you know, you have the brand that in the, at that time, right, there's 15 of us owning a brand that is now in, in print, black and white, because that was before really digital got cool. <laughs> That's how long it's been, right? Yeah. Um, but, but it puts a brand. You know, when you're in a franchise system, it becomes more and more important that as a business owner, when you get an issue, you handle that issue. So whether it's a sponsorship or whether it's a poorly handled customer situation, that's where you say, you know, is it all for one or one for all? You know, you have to make sure that you are part of a team more so now as a franchisee than ever before. So if you're somebody who wants to go into franchising, you know, these are things you have to think about because it's different than if you go and open, you know, Kristen's bagel shop down the street and I want to, you know, fly my flag for whatever it is that I support. You know, people vote with their dollars and in an independent business, it doesn't necessarily matter to anybody else who has a donut shop, although it could, you know, positively or negatively affect them indirectly. But if you own a brand, 
you have to remember that there's some brand integrity. That's why you bought a franchise, right? You buy a franchise for the brand integrity, the good behind it. And the last thing you want to do is put a stain on the brand. Well, and to that point, when you sign a franchise document with a franchisor, there's the promises made in that document. So the franchisor is promising to keep uh, keep things on a positive note in their marketing yeah. and in their brand imaging and those types of things. And you, as a franchisee and all franchisees, are held to a certain standard into how you do business and how you impact the, the brand positively or negatively. And in fact, you literally could have your license pulled if the franchisor sure. felt that you were a negative, you were negative for the brand. So, I mean, this is a truly an all for one and one for all type situation because uh, the brand is the ultimate. It is the end of all means. It is what we represent. So it's got to be protected at all costs. Yeah. And I, I think that's so true in so many different things. I mean, you can take, there's so many different examples that we can talk about. I want to talk about a few more of those and some more specifics about franchising and protecting the brand. Um, after we come back, I know Fred's going to have to pay some commercials or play some commercials to pay some bills. That's what it's supposed to say um, here in just a second. Fred, are you got that all queued up and ready to go, I assume? And we'll come back and talk more about Hey, franchise owner. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, We'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com. Thank you, Fred. Thank you for that. And welcome back. We're talking today about all for one or one for all and how uh, the impact of one affects many or how the effects of many uh, happen to affect one being the franchisor. So um, a lot of news in the, uh, a lot of information stories in the news lately about various brands. Um, and we just we're touching on one with Subway. Um, the one thing I wanted to talk about, uh, because I don't ever want people to think that, oh my gosh, this is a downside to franchising, because I really don't think it is. And I think most of the time, what you find is a lot of these sponsors and things work out to be quite valuable to a brand, right? Um, but should you be in a situation where maybe something does go awry, um, or even to prevent getting into this situation, there are organizations and, and David, Ray, both of you, I know, and Jerry, all of you actually are very aware of those. And hopefully you can kind of share a little bit about, um, for example, David, you and I talked a little bit about the, um, the committee that you were on with Buffalo Wild Wings. Do you want to share that a little bit about how you worked with the franchisor with some marketing issues and such? Well, I, yeah, I'm not, not necessarily just in that, but I, I think everybody needs to be aware that most franchisors should have a great working relationship with with their franchisees in, in the area of a, of a franchise association. And, and the reason I feel strongly about that is we had a, you know, we had an up and down, um, again, 
um, relationship over the years because we had several different owners. So, um, you know, that, that evolved there. The, the franchisor's relationship with our franchise association in the beginning was not very good. And then um, eventually throughout some different ownerships and different uh, leadership on the franchise association side too, that became better. But where that's really important is, is in a situation with another franchise I was involved with and kind of to raise point where kind of, I'm going to say it's against raise point where any advertising, you know, the old theory, every advertising is good. Ad, any advertising is good advertising. I will say that except for one particular company. And this was Quiznos way back in the day, probably about 17, 18 years ago. And they were a, a, a growing chain trying to go and compete against the subways of the world, the blimpies, et cetera, et cetera, all the ones that were big out there at the time. So they felt they needed to make a dramatic impression. They ran these ads with rats or rodents, whatever it Ew. was. And, and it, it was a lead balloon. And, and people were so angry saying they'll never step, step foot in a, in a restaurant again, blah, 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 or in a, in a Quiznos. And, and it really damaged the brand. And that, when I look at that, the situation we talked about the all for one, one for all, that, hey, if that should be part of, this is the campaign we're looking to run. Let's get the franchise associations, you know, input on this. Yeah, yeah. Who actually it, thought rats in a food commercial? It, it really, it really bit them Ooh. hard and really backfired. So, you know, that's a situation more so than, you know, that, you know, um, it's just a basic premise that a franchisor and a franchisee association or group or committee or, or whatever they have. The one great thing about Buffalo Wild Wings was they had franchisees on every single committee, whether it yeah. was the advertising, whether it was the equipment, whether it was the menu development. They, they, we always had some input, whether or not they took it or not, who knows, but right. at least we were involved in the process. I always think back to what Quiznos went through in that and say, you know what, they just didn't respect the franchisee enough to protect their own brand, which is kind of bizarre to me. Yeah, and I think what's really important about that, too, is if you think about even um, if you're running a retail store or something, right, it's those frontline people, and in this case, it would be the franchisees that deal face-to-face with the customers. You're the eyes and ears for the brand, and so to not have franchisee involvement seems to really be remiss for a franchisor not to do that, not to include them. Ray, do you want to talk a little bit about some of the um, some of the committees that, that Molly made offers for the franchisees to uh, have input and be involved in decisions? Well, I, I think the uh, franchise owners uh, uh, committee is probably one of the one of the best things. I, I'm not sure. I, I, if all franchises, do all franchises, let me ask the other guys here, do all franchises have an owner's uh, organization or no, is it no. just a few? Uh, because I, I, I'm very proud of the ones that we have because it's, it's elected by the, uh, by the owners and uh, they represent the, the, the owners. And uh, I think they, they're doing a fantastic job right now because it gives us an opportunity for the franchise itself to present things that are coming down the pike that we normally wouldn't hear. And, uh, and also gives us a chance to, uh, you know, say something about those things that are coming down the pike. You know, yeah. uh, you know I know, I know there were some uh, increases in uh, what we call the map uh, fund that uh, a lot of people objected to uh, initially. Sure. But uh, be, because they knew that we were going to object, they kind of softened the, 
their approach a little bit and uh, <laughs> eventually got it got it uh, you know put through but uh, it's a shit sandwich yeah so <laughs> it, it's a two-way street with uh, with that type of organization uh, one of the other things I want to uh, mention though we were talking about uh, bad reviews and I, I, one of the things that you, everyone should recognize is that you as an individual can can affect uh, the entire uh, brand, you know, and especially your neighbor, your neighbor owners of that brand. Um, and it's very easy to have a knee-jerk reaction when someone calls you an idiot and you don't know how to run a business. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very easy to, uh, you know, come back and say some nasty things to that person. But you really need to stop and think for a moment because all you're going to do is escalate that. Yeah. And once you escalate it, then it begins to get out of control. Yeah. And, and I think that's where, where Ray with a franchise again, right? It, you know, even though there's not a committee on customer complaints per se, but reach out to some of your owners. Sometimes, you know, when you get attacked, it, it feels very personal. And, and that's, again, the beauty of franchising. Reach out to your neighbors and say, hey, I got to tell you what this you know, yeah. what happens to me. And a lot of times just getting it out before you hit that respond button and talking to some other owners about what they did, um, mm -hmm. contact the franchisor if it's a really ugly situation. Yep, yep. Uh, I know our organization has a PR firm that uh, uh, that can be contacted if necessary, if it becomes necessary. But uh, more cases than none, it is uh, the customer uh, who is complaining has had maybe a bad uh, experience with another franchise, maybe not even the same you know brand, but they've had some bad experiences going down the line. Like they can't reach anybody when they want to complain, and if they did reach anybody, they said they said, "Hey, you're on your own, buddy. I'm not going to handle this." You know. Uh, so once you find out, you know what's going on, and, and here is the key to customer complaints. The first key is you've got to listen. You gotta listen to that person. It's so hard when the first thing they say is, you're an idiot, <laughs> you know? So you really gotta listen to what they wanna complain about. Give them their platform, let them get it off their chest. And then you can formulate in your own mind exactly what you're going to do, when you're gonna do it, and how you're gonna do it. And usually, I'd say 99% of the time, once you give them that information, they begin to breathe easy, and you can begin to breathe easy. Yeah. I think I think what's really important too for for franch prospective franchisees that are out there and the, the, the French current franchisees that may be listening is is sticking with that all for one one for all theme. You know, if if you have somebody and, and say you're in a retail situation, you have somebody that comes in, and even though it's not your problem, kind of the way Fred was or uh, Ray was alluding to it, even if it's not your issue, it was an issue with your location, whatever, you right. take care of it however you right. can for the good of the brand. So, so yeah. in our case, all we we took care. If they came in, even if they brought in a coupon from another location, we weren't going to send them. Away. We took care of them. Um, there were times when, uh, it, 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 you know, if they, they they came to the wrong place for a pickup order, well, we made and, and we didn't I've even get paid that. for it. We 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 make the food, we give it to them, we send them on their way, type of thing. Because because it's all about the brand and it's about that. And the other thing is too they're going to remember how you made them feel. So they're going to say, wow, yeah. they didn't have to do that, which is which is really part of really being a team player within the chain, is to go over and above 
for your brand, for your fellow franchisees. That, that's really what it's all about. Sure. Take, and, take care. And if you think about it, it's stories like those that got Nordstrom to be known as one of the best, you know, retail chains to shop for, right? Because they took back anything. And, you know, mm. over the years, I'm sure the true story, the original story changed about what somebody returned to their store that, mm. you know, created this big story. But I really think that, um, that, delivering excellent customer service, taking a moment, reaching out to other franchises. Again, that's part of being in a system is that you have people you can rely on. Um, and if you always go above and beyond, I don't think that's an issue. Now, going back to some of the other committees that you can look for, right? So, um, uh, Jerry, I want you in a second to talk about the, the nice committee that you belong to that represents not only just freight clips, but all types of franchisees, franchisors and such. But within each system, you know, we have a national marketing committee. We have a franchise action committee. We have um, a Ms. Molly committee, right? On how and who and you know what we're going to do to raise money for our um, for our charities. And so, and we've got a tech committee. So, and what I would suggest for people who are looking at going into franchising is make sure that you ask about what are these committees? What do what does the franchisor do to engage the franchisee in not only growing the business, but really to kind of manage the business as it exists and as it kind of ebbs and flows through changes, because those things are inevitable. Jerry, can you tell us a little bit about the, the group that you belong to that uh, works with everybody, really? Yeah, the International Franchise Association. Um, it's just what it says. They're, uh, they're international and they represent franchisees and franchisors and vendors for those groups. and. Uh, you know, they're a great opportunity for you to rub shoulders with uh, franchisees from other brands, even competitive brands, and, and share stories and things like that. But I think one of the biggest things we need to keep in mind is that this group as a whole represents us in Washington, D.C. and in our state capitals, trying to uh, impact uh, laws and regulations being put in place that impact us. So anything you can do to help with that, and that's that's nothing necessarily that your franchisor would, you know, push you to do or expect you to do. It's just something that you can do as a part of a larger community. So sure. um, I, I, it costs nothing as a franchisee to join the International Franchise Association is free. So yeah. joining it and perhaps, you know, do as I did and get involved with the committees and the leadership board and those kinds of things, depending, you know, I look at it this way. Franchising has impacted my life and my kid's life and my grandkid's life, and who knows where it's going to end. Yep. So anything I can give back on a global scale as well as on a smaller scale to the individual franchisors is going to be impactful uh, for everybody's families out there who yeah. own whatever franchise they own. So mm -hmm. I, I'm highly uh, supportive of everybody joining that and trying to you know, have some kind of an impact. You'll also have a lot of educational opportunities. You know, yeah. they, they put on classes all the time about anything dealing with a business, whether it's marketing or real estate or any of those kinds of things that give you a little bit more of a global approach as opposed to a, you know, fine-tuned approach like maybe your franchisee would give. So, um, you know, you can, get, you can get into that. Uh, yeah. I look at, you know, Ray brought up, um, do other franchisors have uh, a leadership board? That's a, that's a sign of maturity and growth. Usually when they get to the point where they do that, that smaller, newer ones tend to not have it because they got bigger fish to fry first before they get to that. Um, I serve on um, many committees with great clips, uh, similar to what you guys described. 
and I'm uh, I'm on the, um, the franchise council, so the leadership mm-hmm. council for all franchisees. And we were talking primarily here uh, earlier about the advertising that goes on. Right. So uh, at least with Great Clips, if they were going to change their marketing approach, they would run that through the committee, and then the mm-hmm. committee would run it through the leadership board of franchisees before any decision is made for the final product. So we get a chance right. to put our two cents in. And I think that's, uh, that's valuable for people as they're looking at franchise fours to see what sure. kind of an impact they have. Well, and I think sometimes, you know, um, whether it be a franchise or a franchisee, you know, owning a business, running a business is a lot of work. And sometimes it's just a matter of maybe being a little short-sighted and not wanting to get into the whole, you know, um, herding cats to get to an answer. They just want somebody to make a decision. Let's go with it and see what happens. And, and I'm not saying that, that that shouldn't or couldn't happen because sometimes it needs to happen. But I think we certainly all have to be a little more thoughtful when you're in a franchise situation about what those snap decisions are and what they're going to impact. So um, I think that's, that's really important. And you know, obviously we appreciate having the IFA and that's, that's above and beyond um, as, as Jerry said, outside of your franchise, but I will tell you many franchise systems out there, many franchisors will recommend that you get involved in that, especially, um, I know ours did as we started to go through changes and change of ownership. They said, hey, listen, you know, you guys need to be members of IFA. You need to know what's going out there, on out there in the franchise, franchising world. So I know I appreciated having that recommendation. So how about you, David? What have you got for us going on today over there in Ohio? Regarding what we've been talking on or for, my, yeah, you, for another time. You got anything else to share before we go and um, put you on the spot with your your individual topics? Yeah, I, th- I think just to wrap up what we were just talking about, I think it's really important. Um, it's, a, it's a lesson we all learned is, is it's really the big takeaway, I think, is make sure that you understand that every action of you, your employees, your team is affecting a much larger um, you know, much larger entity. And um, I think if you approach it that way um, and and you come to agreements, because there's, there's times where, you know, you might have a group, a co-op, whatever, and you might come to an agreement and say, Hey, we're going to advertise this way, advertise that way. And then a franchisee might go off and do something different in his location. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And now, and now you're sitting there kind of left holding the bag and, and, and trying to figure out what the heck just happened. And, and you, you know, don't forget there's, there's people, you know, that, that you work with that, that'll work with all different, uh, all the different franchisees. So, um, you know, if I told them, you know, say it was an advertising rep, I told the rep something and then went to Jerry's location, Jerry told him something different. Now we're yeah. not, you not united. Everything exactly. messages are jumbled a whole bit. It's just, it really is all for one, one for all you, you, yeah. When you buy a franchise, you have all the greatest support in the world, and you have all these great things. And and my advice is, take advantage of it and don't yeah. be the you know the stick and the spokes of the wheel and and that's make great. it difficult for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important. I mean, the, again, it's all about protecting the brand that you paid for, right? So everyone will say, oh, geez, you know, it's a lot of money to buy a franchise. It is because you're buying an established brand, you're buying a system. So don't spend that money to invest in it only to go in and screw it all up. Because I mean, unless you were like David who bought, you know, one of the very first ones and they're all trying to figure it out together. Right. That's That's a little different. But if you go in like I did a 20 year old system, are there things that need to evolve with the times? 
absolutely. Um, but, you know, we, it, it, and it goes all the way from, you know, very close to near and dear and just makes me crazy. It's like our car logos, right? Like mm-hmm. it's been said now for three years, this is the new logo. And we still have cars rolling around town. And I'm like, what? why do they still have that logo on their car, right? They still got these old logos from three years ago. And it, that's my brand. I get kind of personal about it, right? If that is my brand, I'm paying for that brand. And how dare you? decide not to spend the $300 to get your car stripped and relogoed because you don't want to spend the money. Mm-hmm. Well, and it confuses the customer. It does. And I say, that's yeah. not your right as a franchisee. If you sign the same paperwork I did, that's not your right to decide well, you're not going to do that. You know, and, and it's confused the, it confused the customer because the part of the idea of, the, of a logo is that you see it visually immediately and you recognize what it is Absolutely. so if your color is blue and yellow and the new logo is you know i don't know yellow and white you know it's it's not going to resonate at, at, a, right. at an instant while it's going by that's right that's right, right. well i hope right. we've we've got everybody to think a little bit about the all for one and one for all because i really think that there are so many examples of it that we could talk about today um, but david we do want to get on to your topic so Frank, okay. you want to take us to another uh, commercial break and then or, or do we not need one? You have to tell me because I never know how many commercials we need these days. We're good for now. We don't need it. Yay. Good for now. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Okay, David. All right. So I wrote a title, I, I, and I love that, Avoiding Guaranteed Failure. And, and we've been talking about this issue in all of the all of business right now, not just franchise, but the issue of the employees and and the tough times we're all going through and all the business are going through with, with everything that's going on. So, but check this out. There's always a way. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you can't be impacted by what you can't do or can't be impacted. You have to figure out how to make it happen. You have to figure out how to, how to make it work for yourself. So there's always an answer, right? There's always an answer. It doesn't mean it's going to be really easy to find. So, but check this out. This is the stuff that drives me absolutely crazy. So my wife, we have a little ice cream shop around the corner from where we live. And my wife sends me a copy of a Facebook post that they did. Okay. So here's the Facebook post. I'm just going to read it. I'm just going to read it. They're looking for help. And they say, our college-bound scoop team members will be departing in a few short weeks. Like all other small family-owned businesses, we are in dire need of help. Applicants must be 16 years and older and have weekend availability. If we are unable to add to our staff, we will have no choice but to cut back on our hours of operation again with an exclamation point. Applications are available at our shop, so come on in and apply today. So she, wow. she, she sends that to me, and I, I read it. And she's like, man, they're, you know, they're hurting for people again. Uh, you know, another place. We just had one of our favorite places to go eat, you know, closed because they couldn't find help. She goes, here we go again. And I just texted her back. I said, look, that is ridiculous. I said, I, I said here's what I texted her. I said, it's a passive-aggressive advertisement. Passive-aggressive yeah. advertisement. I mean, you're basically threatening your customers that I'm going to make it real inconvenient to you to come patronize our restaurant yes. because because you haven't sent your sons and daughters to help. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's on a Facebook post, so who? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I get that there's customers on there checking the scoop of the week or whatever. Right, right. Page, 
but there's friends and there's fans and there's people yeah. who care about your business. So you're right. And everybody's not. All right. So, I mean, but, but here's, here's the point. I said, I would never say that. Instead, I, I rewrote it. I wrote there. Okay. I said, I said, here, instead, they should, let, let's use this one. Or they should use this one. We have had another great crew of awesome kids moving on to college and on to bigger and better things in their lives. We look forward to helping our next group develop the skills to help them succeed in their dreams. Limited spots available. Looking forward to helping you reach your goals. I now, think that's which, awesome. Now, which one is going to be like, oh, okay, which one sounds like a caring employer? Which one sounds like somebody might want to work for? Oh, they, they want it. They, they're about me. And, and so, yeah. so why did I write it that way? It goes back to what we touched on last week where follow the basic philosophy. Mm-hmm. You can get everything you want out of life if you help enough other people get what they want. The first, the first advertisement that they wrote was all about them. Yeah. We need help. Help us. We're dying. We don't have enough. We're working too hard. Yeah. The one I, I, might, wrote, I might have just immediately started to look for another ice cream shop. Just <laughs> assuming, right? I might have just assumed, well, they're not going to get any help. So I might as well find, you know, the and Jerry's down the street, right? So That's true. And then the other one is more, hey, let us help you, man. We, we're good at this. We just sent off a whole group of kids to college. Yeah. And, and they're going to go with skills that they developed working for us. This is fun, you know. Yeah, what a great it's a totally, so, so words matter because you have to remember everything you're doing, you're selling, right? So you have to sell them on a better situation than they are currently in. So if they're just sitting at home or, or, or maybe another job that they're in where the owner doesn't or the manager or whatever, they're having a rough time with it. Man, this sounds better. They're more caring about me. Right. Yeah, because absolutely. whether you're interviewing and this is a great point of people, if you want to, you guys listening, write this down. If they're, even when you're interviewing, but especially if you hire them, you have people working for you. You have to understand people that are working for you or people that you're in your interview. They are, they're always, they're really asking three questions. They're not verbally saying it, but in their head they are. And they're asking questions like, do you like me? Can you help me? And can I trust you? Yep, absolutely. You know, so if you write an advertisement that says, hey, we're looking to help you develop your skills to go on to bigger and better things. We know this isn't your lifetime thing. That reads a whole lot different. It hits a whole lot differently to somebody than, hey, we need help. Come on in and, you know, you're going to get paid the same everybody else is paid. Yep, yep, I totally agree. Avoiding guaranteed failure, I guarantee you, they haven't had anybody responding to their ad. <laughs> and if wow. they did, if they did, they're not going to stay long because that's not the right person you want anyways, right? Yeah. You, can, you can find someone who's more goal-oriented and, and okay, they, maybe you only have for a year because they go on the couch or, or sure. whatever. So what? Yeah, you got a great absolutely. person. Absolutely. I think that's so, a really, really good point. And that's all again, I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's a really great point because I know if I advertise come scrub toilets, nobody would ever answer an ad. Right? That's right. That's nobody right. wants to do that. But when you talk about all the fun stuff we do, and mm-hmm. you'll never need a gym membership again, right? I mean, yeah. those sound far better than scrubbing toilets. Absolutely. So, thank you so much, as always, awesome. David, for taking the extra time out to find some great stuff for us to talk about on the no show. Worries. Excellent. Jerry. Are you out there, Jerry? There you are. But your microphone's off. Yeah, I'm rubbing off on you guys. 
Well, I was trying to be very aware of David, and I didn't want to, you know, belch or something in the middle of his presentation <laughs> because it was it was so spot on. That's and what you blame it on the dog. You blame it on the dog. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, great information, David. Spot on, spot on. And this whole subject today of uh, all for one and one for all is is critical to franchising. So it's it's a great one you guys brought up, and I'm glad I could participate. Excellent. We're glad that you're here. What do you want to talk to us about today? Well, you know, there's, as usual, lots of things going on in Washington, D.C. that impact us. So things that we need to be watching out for. Um, uh, for those of you that follow the bouncing ball of the uh, stimulus packages uh, oh, and know yeah. what the ac acronym ERTC stands for, um, that was labeled to run through the end of the year. And as a part of the new stimulus package, the, uh, the infrastructure bill, uh, it appears as though it may end at the end of the third quarter because they want that money to build infrastructure with. So any business that has counted on that money to get through the end of the year is now questioning whether it'll be available because it's, it's not a done deal yet, but it looks like it's going that way. And so again, you know, that's the bad news. The good news is I know about that because of my involvement in IFA. That's right. And so if we want to take something negative and turn it into something positive, IFA True. allows me to first off know before most other business owners about what's going on, have yeah. an impact on it by reaching out to my representatives and perhaps even being interviewed by those representatives regarding right. the impact on the business. And you cannot do that in most cases with a single standalone business. You have to have, you know, a broadening. You have to be connected with people who are in the franchise world. So um, one more shout out for IFA. Awesome. Awesome. Let me ask you a question selfishly. What are we doing to, to fight that? What do you think? I mean, I know that we got, well, we got past the Senate, but it's supposed to go to the House for that bill. Is there any chance of, of getting that? Well, they theoretically have the votes in the house to pass it. Yeah. Um, so we may not, but you know, the bottom line is we all need to reach out to our reps and make sure they understand what the impact of losing that ERTC money uh, that many of us had a business plan revolving around having that through the end of the year. And yeah. now we have to go back. Um, you know, I can tell you about our specific situation. Uh, we anticipated probably raising prices at the end of the year, the first of next year. Mm -hmm. If ERTC actually goes away uh, at the end of the third quarter, it's likely we'll have to raise prices at the beginning of the fourth quarter because somehow we've got to, uh, you know, make up for that loss. So yeah. um, it, it truly is trickle down. You know, what the government does is small business reacts. Yep. Um, and, you know, I'm, I, and it, from a humorous standpoint, uh, I love we're all the, about that on this show. Yeah, I, I love the I love the efforts to uh, make corporations pay taxes that they should be paying, right? Yes. Well, taxes on a corporation end up being part of what you pay for whatever that corporation produces. True. So guess who is going to pay that large corporation's taxes? You are. Yeah. So while in theory it sounds great, in reality it it doesn't work. So. Uh, we do, as franchisees and franchisors, need to be involved in the decisions that are being made. Um, again, whether you're part of IFA or uh, NFIB, National Federation of Independent Business, or both, 
Yep. Uh, you have access to way more opportunities to uh, impact that than you would if you were a single practitioner or uh, a franchisee that stays in the shadows. So I yeah. would recommend that you reach out and do those kinds of things. Well, and I think, um, you know, one of the things that I regret as a, when I was a new franchisee, and I had my list, I certainly did. I mean, and I don't know if you guys remember way back when you started your businesses and, and Ray, you weren't that much sooner than me, but I remember coming in, there was a whole list of things that they talked about at, at our first um, convention, all these new things and a new owner training, all these new things that were coming down the pipe. And I thought, oh, wow, I want to make sure I do all of them. I want to get all of these new systems. I want to be involved in all these new partnerships that we have with these mail, with these uh, email uh, systems, you know, where you could do, um, what is it called, Ray? Come on, what's that word? Um, not MailChimp, but one of those. Oh, constant contact, right? Mm -hmm. um, you, I wanted to get all that stuff going. And the challenge is when you're a new franchisee, making sure that you get that list down and that, you know, three months in, you circle back, what did I forget? Six months in, you circle back, what did I get? Because, you know, I didn't join IFA until I was already 13 years in. Now, knowing me and my personality, I would have gotten excited and gotten in on that IFA, getting involved even more heavily than I, than I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> Way back in the recession, because, you know, here I was as a new business person, I almost lost everything. And if I had known, if I had gotten involved back then, I would have really been in the know on what was going on with government and small business, what was happening with franchise systems, who could I call, which one of my local representatives should I have on speed dial on my phone? Because Well, Kristen, that's a, that's a perfect point because you, you know from being around me for a while that I follow these things in DC and in the state capitol uh, while they're developing. And so when you see a storm coming, um, yep. you, you, you run for cover, you protect yourself, whatever the case might be. So when I see those things going on, I literally text my contacts and say, who is driving this? How can I get in touch with them? In many cases, they will send me uh, bullet points about mm -hmm. what is in for a bill and how that will impact uh, any small business out there, but in particular franchising. Yep. So that when I actually get a chance to speak to one of my representatives or more likely uh, one of his uh, assistants or aides, um, sure. I, I have a very logical, well-thought-out, well-presented approach that, uh, to raise point, takes out the emotion. It's just right. literally about the facts. facts of what this is going to do. And, and I like to put it into tax uh, concepts for them. If mm -hmm. you do this, we will do less business. You will get less in taxes. So it's ultimately going to impact you as yeah. much or more than it impacts me. But if you don't have somebody that is hip deep in that every day to kind of guide you through that, you, you're, you're, just, you're talking from just your own standpoint and right. you're talking mostly from emotion because you don't have enough facts to go with it. Yeah, and you know what? I will give another shout out to IFA uh, along those lines because I will say when there is a big bill, when there is something coming up, I get a text message that says, hey, forward this on to your congressman. And they make it really easy for me to hit the button and send it on. And it's all a form letter, but it's yet another voice out there that they've helped guide me. And so I didn't have to do hours of research. They put it in bullet points. This is what's going to happen if this goes through. Here's what you stand to lose. And so I think well, that's really great. Well, and Kristen, 
you know, if you're in another part of the country and you're not in a business and you see an article in your local newspaper talking about something going on in Washington, D.C., and you don't really understand what that means to you as a consumer, how important would it be for you to be able to read a quote in there from a small business person that runs a franchise that may be in another state, but you've got it right down the road and it's your favorite sandwich shop or, or whatever, and that franchisee says, here is how that's going to impact me as a franchisee. And by the way, your franchisee down the road is going to be impacted the same way. And how does that change the perception of somebody that isn't involved in that business? So during the onset of COVID through yeah. IFA and NFIB, I think I did 37 interviews for some of the largest newspapers and magazines in the United States. Yep. Um, those were actually quoted about 87 times by being picked up by other groups. Wow. And I'm just a I'm just a farm boy from Iowa that runs a couple businesses there. But yet <laughs> what came out of my mouth was read by hundreds, thousands, millions of people uh, yeah. that may have some impact on what's going to happen in that bill down the road. So yeah, absolutely. You know, by being a part of these groups, you have way more reach than you do if you just stay in your cocoon. Yes. Well, and I have to tell you how much we really appreciate being able to have you as a voice on our show because. Um, you know, the insight that you offer is invaluable. The, the amount of information that you have to share is really, I mean, exactly point on. There's a lot that you're involved in that we, I certainly don't even know is going on. So this, this ERTC, I put a big old note on my notepad to like get on my accountants and figure out where are we at with that and, uh, you know, what's our plan because I can't tell you right now I have a really good one except for I'm hoarding all, all my you know, all the profits I can to get me through if that's what we need to do again. So, well, and you know, if you are more well versed in what's going on in the business world than many small practitioners or people that own a very small franchise or something. So if you can say, I have to check because I don't have a plan other than hoarding money. What about everybody else out there that may not even be hoarding money, right? That's right. So staying involved, staying connected, Listening to great programs like Pillars of Franchising or any other things that are out there, that's critical for franchisees to stay in contact on this stuff. Yep, absolutely. Well, we certainly appreciate it again, and I just want to remind everybody that if you have questions, if you have concerns, you can always email us on, uh, at pillarsoffranchising.com. Also, you can join us again next week, same time, same channel, same location, same podcast location you found us. Um, I want to thank again, David, for his extra time today, Ray, for your always valuable insight, and Jerry, for all the work you do with IFA. Elizabeth, again, welcome back to the show. We're so excited to very quickly, very soon, see our um, digital edition of the Pillars of Franchising magazine. That's very exciting, uh, so be on the lookout for that. And we'll look forward to joining all of you again next week on Thursday. I'm <laughs> sorry.